Subsequently, on the Hobbyplex Show podcast. Super Chat. Nick Nuttenhouse just did a $20 Super Chat right at the end. Really? How, oh, well, did, you have a, did you have a question? No question, just a $20 Super Chat. Oh, that was nice of him. Internet money. Yep. This is uh, Alex Sturgeon with the Hobbytown uh, Hobbyplex uh, here for the Hobbyplex Show podcast. With me as always, Will Brinton. And a special guest today, Chad Parks. And you are the owner of Ignite RC. You're it, right? You're the guy. Yep, sole owner. Yes. So, um, Chad Parks, longtime racer. Um, I think you're you're as old as I am, right? Yeah, I'm 42. Oh, I'm older than you. That's weird. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know hey. that either. Anyways, but we wanted to bring him on because he's got this cool new company that's that's sole purpose in life is to bring back gas truck. Am I am I phrasing that right? That's pretty much it. Pretty much it. I left it open for maybe rejuvenating anything that used to be cool, but the focus is gas truck right now. Yeah. Maybe we're gonna bring back rear motors someday. Oh. Well, <laughs> I mean, honestly, if, if, if outdoor tracks ever got to the point where there was more of them than indoor tracks, that might be something that's needed. Yeah, that's right. You know, anyways, this program is uh, brought to you by pivot lending group. You can find them at pivotlending.com. Mention our show to either Don Zoller, Aiden Olson, uh, when you get set up with a, a home loan or refinance and you can get $500 lender credit and, or, I mean, or uh, 0.125 off your rate. It's either or. So um, pick one of those two when you get set up. That's the deal with Pivot Lending. And that's Aiden Olson's dad. What did I say? Just Aiden Olson. Oh, geez. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> Aiden Olson's dad. Aiden Olson's dad. It's it's a it's it's a running gag now. Yeah, you just call and ask for Aiden Olson and he'll transfer it to his dad. Yeah, we never actually <laughs> mention uh, Aiden Olson's dad name name on here. It's just Aiden Olson. It's kind of a running gag that we have. Jeez Louise, I am I'm already screwing this up today. That's okay. So, uh, this was kind of Will's idea. Will Will's idea. Um, he's like, hey, you want to bring Chad on? And I'm like, yeah, let's do that. That'd be fun. So, we got hey, you on thanks, here. Thanks, Will. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. Uh, we got you on here. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna hammer you with questions and then uh I do want to talk about the techno series, and since you were there, we can do that. And then um and that should be that questions on, uh, on YouTube right now, probably be, uh, set aside for next week, unless you drop a super chat and then maybe we can, we can, all three of us can, can tackle your super chat, but otherwise, uh, we're going to get the gist on everything from Chad parks and ignite RC. Yeah. You might not have any questions after we're done with that. Yeah, exactly. That <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I worked on a list. Yeah. So a lot of people don't know who Chad Parks is, like some of the new guys like that might have started racing around here because our show's pretty local, you know. Um, but uh, Chad Parks is one of those guys that you show up to race at Fastlane and you might not have ever heard of him, but he's like pretty dang fast. And uh, it's like, who the heck is this guy? And Chad Parks, super cool. Uh, we wear the same hat and glasses. And uh, um he uh, started a new company to bring back gas truck. So um, I guess get, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like how did you get started racing? 
Um, and you know, like any kind of racing, what, what led you to RC? Uh, I never was really competitive person growing up. I was in sports and, uh, I honestly really, I never was involved in competition until all of a sudden one day I showed up at Steve Hale's track in Pleasant Hill with my, I think I had a grasshopper and I didn't even bring it out of the truck. I was like, oh, wrong place. So, um, it just real quickly, I realized how much I loved competition. And, uh, furthermore, I loved racing and just jumped in with both feet. My first, uh, like race car was an RC 10 GT. And, um, I just kind of kept going from there and kept snowballing. And I got on the factory team with team associated in 2007 and have been ever since. Um, so yeah, I just fell in love with racing and competition. And I, like uh, Dave Wheeler always said, we'd race marbles if we could. Oh yeah, yeah, I would. <laughs> it's it's just love competition. Oh yeah, don't don't we all? And uh, you know, it doesn't matter what we're racing. I mean, we're still racing, and uh, nobody's ever happy with second, no matter what. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, right. The uh, so your first car was actually a gas truck. Um, what motor did you have in it? Do you remember? Like what were the what were the thing what was the hot hot setup back then? Well, I specifically remember that truck. Um, I had a Traxxas, whatever. That stuff didn't count. My first race kit was a uh, the GT with an A main conversion. Okay. And they had a had a Paris dish like a twelve SPD, mm-hmm. um, and it came from Detroit. Like one of our local guys had gone to Freedom Hill and ran the Detroit race with the truck, the motor, and they brought it back and were selling it. So. Came with that engine. I think I had a CZZ uh, that same year, and uh, so yeah, those are like the early, the early, early motors. Yeah, was that the square head one? You know what I'm talking that about. Was, the... That's too new. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. 2007 is when you started racing. No, that's when I started with Associated. Oh. Okay. When when what was what around was the year when you started racing? Uh ninety seven. Ninety seven. Okay. I was like, that's yeah. that's not possible. But okay, no. that makes sense now. No, it was ninety seven. Sorry, yeah. That's Again, when I started. See, I'm not I'm not aware of things today. That's why I'm drinking my uh, caffe- <laughs> caffeinated beverages. G- go on, I'm sorry. What was your all time favorite class like when you started racing? I mean you're for, you're uh, primarily you're primarily like a nitro guy, right? Yeah, like when I think Chad Parks, I think uh, gas. Eight scale is kind of my bread and butter, butter per se, but I really do prefer nitro eight scale. Yeah, that's just where it's at for me. Yeah. Uh, what have you always just had associated eight scales, or what? It's like two thousand eight. So associated didn't have an eight scale then, right? No, that was the year they brought it out. So they brought okay. it out in two thousand six, like mid two oh six, and um, I was kind of hanging around. I hung around Richard Saxon a lot at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, so with the new buggy coming out, he said, hey, do you want to start running this new car next year? So that's kind of where that all started. Oh, that's cool. So I basically uh, started with them because of the eighth scale. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then uh, what inspired you to create Ignite and bring back gas truck? Uh, really just uh, how the newer platforms favor the conversion. I mean, don't get me wrong. it takes some effort, but less effort than it would have been five years ago. Cause everything's mm-hmm. mid motor. Everything's mid motor. And then like the TLR, um, it uses the lay down transmission. 
Yeah. And honestly, it would have been a fight to use like the stand up even. So really just the last couple of years, it became more realistic. I looked at your, I, so you brought both, you were here Saturday for the techno series and you brought both the associated and the Losi truck with you. And I, I mean, I yeah. perused both of them and, uh, uh, there's a lot there that's not kit. Like it could be its own thing. <laughs> there is a fair amount. There was a lot of work to it. I think there's 42 parts or so in yeah. the kit and you wouldn't know by looking at it, but it's quite, it's pretty involved. Yeah. And the one thing that I noticed too about the build right off the bat was how tough everything looks. Yeah. And that was the other thing that inspired it, you know, with gas truck kind of, you know, being a close second to eight feel is my all time favorite. Um, always having the curiosity of what it would, what it would be like to have a durable GT. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You look at that thing cross-side and it break, you know? Oh, there was a lot of devastation in those years. Dude, Just, I think I was so <laughs> I, I, with the low C truck with the triple X NT, and this is nothing to, uh, I'm not picking on low C truck in general. I'm just picking on myself more than anything. But, um, you know, I started going to pleasant Hill, I think in 2000 with gas trucks. Like I, I remember the Mugen challenge. I went, I went to that race a couple of times. It had no eight scale cause I didn't have the money for it. And I only raced gas truck. And I think I was like, Oh, for six in finishing oh. in any main events. Yeah. Then I got the GT. That's a terrible record. <laughs> I know. And then and then I got a GT, a, a, a RC10 GT, the first one. You know the the factory team kit, not the not the GC2, but the GT. And I ended up finishing races with that one. It just seemed like a tougher truck, and it was so much simpler too. You know, can't beat the GT. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I remember uh, the 2006 RC Pro Series finals. I I double nutted my wheels on, and <laughs> and like you know, I because I was so intent on just finishing the main, I didn't even give a crap where I finished, and I ended up finishing tenth, and I did finish the main, and I pulled my truck off, and the rear wheels were all wobbly because the bearing <laughs> the bearings had blown out, but, <laughs> but they weren't coming off because I double nutted it. It was great. We've come so far with durability. So, yeah, the curiosity to see that if this would possibly grow with availability and durability is, yeah. is really what's driven driven it. So, Oh, did you have any alternate names for the company, or how did you land on Ignite? My wife, she's pretty epic. So if I ever ask her for help with, uh, hey, I'm trying to name this thing here. Come over and sit with me. So it was like. Late at night, kids were in bed, and we were hanging out and just chatting it up. So she grabbed a sheet of paper and started brainstorming. And, yeah, first on the agenda was to uh, just kind of go through and create, you know, the scope of what we were going to do, kind of the business model. I don't want to sound that official because I'm not. Yeah. But uh, um, so, yeah, through that, just brainstorming, we came up with Ignite and, um It'd be cool if I had my notes with me from that brainstorm sesh, but it revolved around like there. It, part of the conversation was RC tech, um, like buzzwords, keywords of the conversation was RC tech, old school community. Um, you know where we kind of have like closer friendships. You've heard that said a lot with RC. How we're kind of missing closer friendships 
in some areas. So all of it was just kind of going back to that uh, community outside of Facebook with political posts and things like that. Where, yeah. um, and kind of reigniting uh, what makes us all love this hobby, the friendships, the relationships, fun on the track, kind of at the core of it. Yeah, people sometimes lose sight of what we're really doing here. You know, we yeah. we enjoy we enjoy playing with our toy cars together. You know, and getting to race is uh, a bonus. You know, and then uh, I guess moving on since you know we kind of talked about the truck. The one thing that I was really impressed with is just the overall fit and finish of everything. Like it doesn't look like some hogged out conversion kit. You know, like you might see from a, like another brand or another type of car or something. It's just like conversion kit number one. Like here's your conversion kit, you know, and it's, you know, unfinished parts, aluminum, not bead blasted, uh, parts, not deburred. I mean, this thing looks like, like top quality mm-hmm. stuff. You know what I mean? Or you know yeah. what I'm trying to say? Like, yes. So was, so was that kind of like a trying thing? Like, like, uh, you know, you'd get your parts back from your manufacturer and it's like, this is not right. This needs to be chamfered, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, photos of parts with circles on them. I'm sure. Like, fix this. This needs to look this way. Um, a little was bit. That it? Yeah, a little bit. It's a fairly short list, and uh, most of that's thanks to Taylor James. So he, oh nice. Me, uh, he helped me kind of get kick started, which I have to build a bar in his basement in return. That's coming shortly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one guy I haven't thought of in a while. It's Taylor James. Yeah, I He's it. always so cool. Kind of. I know he. he does he still work at Castle? Um, I guess it's common knowledge now. He just quit last week. Oh, uh, and he's on other things, but he's a mechanical engineer. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, has all the contacts and all that stuff. So we used his vendors. I had a couple contacts and a couple of vendors. So this thing's sourced from a lot of different, a lot of different places, as a lot of things are, I'm sure. But mm-hmm. um, so Taylor helped with a lot of that, and just starting out of the gate with a good tried and true vendor. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Um, and, I, like, and I'm a meticulous person to begin with. So like I'm a carpenter and fit and mm-hmm. fit and accuracy yeah. is kind of my jam. So did the, yeah, I, I know the feeling I'm a tool maker, so I'm not, <laughs> yeah, I'm, cause I'm clearly, clearly not an engineer. So what you two just said doesn't apply to me at all. Attention Hobbyplex podcast listeners. This is a friendly reminder that host Alex Sturgeon is not an engineer. Thank you. You can tell because you look you look at our cars. Our cars are always good, look good, you know. Stuff works. Wheels aren't falling off. Clean <laughs> <laughs> tire. tires is like the first giveaway. Yeah. Yeah, I never Definitely. I never have time for that. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> did the did the oval stuff kind of play a role in what you were looking to do by any chance like because the last maybe what five or six years in oval it's been hey here's a conversion kit for a b5 or a b6 here's all the carbon fiber cool stuff and then you just get one of these and you put it together and poof you've got an oval car did that did that have anything to do with with what you were thinking of doing with this more along the lines of what people were willing to spend on a conversion oh. and, ki- and kind of adding, you know, some confidence with that. So yeah. 
And I referenced, that was mainly the only thing I referenced or probably drew from, from that segment was, uh, Oh my gosh, people are willing to pay that kind of money. Mm-hmm. And you know, like this, trust me, this isn't, this isn't price stuff of like industry standard prices. This is price to sell. Yeah. So when I saw, when I kind of established my price, just based on what I thought people would be willing to pay and still being able to cover myself, I also saw that the dirt oval was about the same and people were willing to pay pay for that. So, yeah, right. No, that's, that's actually a really good, uh, uh, way to, you know, look at it is just see what was, what was actually be in it for a company to start. Cause you know, if you had a $600 conversion kit, I don't, you know, you aren't going to sell a whole many or is that many, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, if you think about it, I mean, if you look at my, my, uh, like some of the, like two wheels, you know, people spend or uh, use four wheel drive rather. Like if you look at like a 13, five, four wheel drive buggy, I mean, people have all, easily $300 in extras and add-ons and all kinds of stuff on those vehicles, too. Just yeah. so, in the roller. Yeah, just in the roller. Yeah. yeah. So, really, to spend an extra $300 or, was it two ninety dollars on a, yeah. on a yeah. uh, conversion kit or, like, to, on parts or, like, whatever for a race vehicle, it's, I mean, we all do it, you know. I mean, it's pretty easy to do. Yeah. Yeah. End of the day, we don't do this stuff because it's cheap either. So uh, I think it's cheap compared to other racing I've done. Yeah. 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 <laughs> if you, yeah. I was going to, if you talk, it's weird because when we get in the store, if you talk to people who have done, you know, one, one cars and, and you're, and they're like, well, how much do I need to drop in this? And I go, well, realistically, fifteen hundred, sixteen hundred dollars for an eight scale. And you're like, oh, really? That's it? You're like, you're ready to rip. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, let's go. Here we go. Here's your car. Yeah. You'd spend that on a, at a night on tires and fuel and pole and all kinds of stuff. Just racing, uh, go-karts. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That that also makes me want to mention, um, when we talk about price, I said to somebody this weekend that just to keep in mind that it's not like you're throwing away your electric truck. You're not, you know, it's not, get rid of the electric truck and comes an nitro. It really is to sound cliche, two kits in one. And the only thing you don't use for the conversion kit is the chassis and the battery strap and the waterfall. So like my night, my electric kit, I don't have one right here right now, but it stays whole in a sense. Everything that's on the chassis stays there. Speed control, motor, battery, servo, receiver, transponder, and you just pull the front and rear clips off, put it on the gas truck. So seasonally to swap back and forth is very realistic. I mean, it's like 15 minutes and 12 screws. I, I never counted, but probably 12 screws and you're, you're done. That's less than taking out a low C diff. <laughs> <laughs> you see, you can change, you can change classes and faster than it takes to change your diff in your low C vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> Super chat. Okay, well, I hate to interrupt, but we did promise that if anybody drops a super chat, we have to answer it. So, is it Jason Haley? It's not. It's uh, it's mm. Peter Renault. Um, we got a five dollar super chat from Jason. Or nice. From, not from Jason. Good lord, from Peter. Um, Peter. It is Canadian dollars, so I'm not sure how that transfers. But uh, that's like forty dollars. Yeah. Uh, how do I tighten my T6 ball diff without taking anything apart? Can't tell by the vids he saw on YouTube. 
And then he wants to know, do people glue two-wheel drive front tires? I'll take the two-wheel drive front tires. Yes, they do. You got to glue all your tires all the way around, too. Yeah. Are you see me in sidewalls? Uh, no, I think he means, I think he means just gluing them. Yes, you do. Even okay. on carpet, especially on carpet. Otherwise, they'll come yeah, off. Yeah, you got, you got to be gluing your tires. Yeah. Anyway, um, like, so to take out or to tighten the diff, like on my two wheel, I was sitting right here. Um, I just undo this one camber link and take the tire off and then reach in there. And then I turn this tire with the wrench in there to yep. tighten the diff to my liking. Usually an eighth turn or loosen an eighth turn at a time is all you need. But I mean, one, one screw and you know, your tires are probably already off. Yeah. And the other thing too is, is using the tire works out really nice. You put the wrench in there and then you literally just use the tire to tighten it or loosen it. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit, cause it kind of like, it makes it easier to see how much you're tightening or loosening. So that's why I, I do it that way. If I turn to the tire. Yep. Pro tip. Pro tip. So since we talked about the truck fit and finish, all that stuff, now we're ready to build this thing. What electronics do you recommend? Like servo and, uh, another servo and, uh, pretty, pretty much just servos and batteries. What about, what about those that can't get a hold of classic engines? Well, we're, we're getting the engines. Okay. We're getting all, the right. engines. all right. All right. <laughs> servos is really nothing special. Anything you would put in your 10 scale is suitable. So, um, like my 10 scales steering servo is the Reedy. We reference the part number here. There it is. RT 1705A. And, yeah, uh, that's the one I have. Yeah, we're yeah. see Chad and I look. We run the same stuff. It's not that crazy as far as uh, cost or anything like that. You don't need anything fast. Like point one is plenty on transit speed, and what like a hundred ounces or so is plenty. Hundred fifty ounces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, um, I pretty I pretty much run a high torque servo all the time anymore. So yeah, so. Yeah, servo's pretty basic. You don't need anything fancy. I do prefer the low pro up front just for the fact that that's what I put my thin scale cars. Just keep it consistent. And it leaves a little room in the back of the uh on the back of the servo to put your transponder just like you normally do. Yeah, today's yeah. today's low profile servos are so tough and especially the metal cased ones that it's nice because you get that extra little bit of room. Yeah, more yeah. room for activities. So what about throttle servo? Just something with some speed? Uh, same thing. Like point one would be yeah. my minimum of preference on speed. And uh, I'll run like a point oh six, but then I slow it down. So, mm-hmm. and, uh, and you would, you would go with the shorty servo? Um, you could, I'm using the other one. I don't know the part number off the top of my head. Is it like the newer, alu- the newer aluminum case Reedy servo? Yeah. 3507A. Mm-hmm. You probably have the numbers memorized, don't you? I, I can't forget them. I was, yeah. I was talking, I, I, I was talking to uh, Mac about this last time we were racing. It's like, I don't forget anything, dude. Like ask me what, <laughs> ask me what left side weight we ran on what date on a go-kart in 2007. And I can tell you, like, <laughs> it, like I, I just remember all that stuff. I remember the rear droop and front droop and what pistons were in my car. The second to last time we raced at Blue Group Hobbies in Des Moines, Iowa. Like, I, it, like if you dropped a handful of toothpicks, I could count them before they hit the table. Like, uh, yeah, it, it's insane. <laughs> <laughs> Will, Will messaged me, messaged me the other day and said, what droop are you running in my, in your truck? My answer was just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know. It was raining cats and dogs, so I wasn't going to go outside. My truck was still in my car. So, oh. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't remember that stuff. Okay, that's fine. Um, so moving along here to uh, engines. So, what's the what's the engine you recommend uh, for this bad boy? So, there's two engines right now that I'm aware of, and somebody might come up with something else. Uh, that I'm not aware of, but one is on my website. Um, I get them. I try to keep them in stock, but so far as quick as I get them in, I sell them. So yeah, it's an OS, uh, 12 TG and OS currently makes them. It uses, it's a direct drop in. I sell it for two thirty. And that is going to last a long time. Yeah. Like I mean, yeah, it should be like any other, I think it's a nickel sleeve. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, you'll get a season out of it, probably possibly even two seasons. That was out one of the it, nice so. things about gas truck too, was the, the engines. You, you weren't very hard on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had, you can't use, you can't lay it all down, all the power. I had a, um, I had a last minute purchase at the Nats in 2005 in Harlingen. I went down there with no gas truck engine. And I then the only thing that the place had they were had an online shop so I or online on site shop so I figured I they'd have engines down there right so it's a pretty big risk to go down there without an engine so all they had was an Orion uh, Wasp twelve and I was like ugh like <laughs> that's not what I wanted <laughs> and so uh, I went up to Pillars and I said hey man I'm like is that engine gonna be okay he's like yeah of course it's gonna be fine I'm like are you sure he's like yeah. Why would I, why would I tell you different? I'm like, well, okay. So I went over there and I bought the engine. I broke it in that night at the hotel and I kid you not, that engine ran like for three, four years <laughs> Nice in my truck. And nice. that was, that was going to a lot of nitro races back then. So, um, gas trucks, not hard on your engines at all. I, I, I have this bad boy, my TZ. I pulled this out of my GT2 that has all the T4 stuff on it. This thing has, I can't even turn it over. Like it's got so much pinch still. Nice. But yeah, it's, it's pretty, uh, I polished my pipe the other day. <laughs> I only told you that so I could say that. Oh, but. I want to make a joke, but it'd be tough. Yeah. <laughs> so I could say that. <laughs> so the other, in, the other engine is on a main and, uh, it's an SH 12. And sells for like one thirty, maybe one forty. I think it's one thirty-seven. Yeah, and that's a ph- phenomenal option if you're not like a diehard OS fan. Um, I hate recommending something I'm not selling, but uh, that's an awesome engine. I watched them run, and they're affordable. They're available. So anyway, to my knowledge, those are the two engines that are available. I have a question for you. All the all the engines out and all the little twelves that are out now, they're they're not standard cranks, are they? Uh, they're standard by today's standards. It's an SG crank, SG crank. same as eight scale. Yeah. Okay. Cause I remember that was, that was a big problem as, as gas truck was kind of fading away back then. Yeah. It was finding engines that had a standard crank was next to impossible. Yeah. So, and then there's ways people are able to adapt their old engines to the new truck here with, uh, some older parts. But the best news is that the new engines drop right in. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Yeah. I have one of those adapters. I think I have two of them, actually. Yeah. Yeah, you ought to make them available for the public. Oh, really? <laughs> no, so, I don't know how many no. people. 
I know people are hunting for him here and there. And rotary carb versus slide carb. Yeah, yeah. carburetors. Uh, so I favor the slide carb simply because they're uh, they're available, and that's what yeah. that's the that's the current crop of engines. Yeah, and uh, and believe it or not, Will, have you ever run a slide carb? Yeah, I have one for this. Um, yeah, back then when I was running gas truck, I and I I don't know if I didn't have my radio adjusted correctly or what, but I thought that the rotary carb was kind of a must have. Personally, yeah, I mean, but that could have been back then. It smoothed that out a lot for sure. But the slide carb is manageable uh, for a couple reasons. One, I'm using a three shoe clutch. Yeah, kind of smooths that smooths the whole delivery out out a little bit. Um, the other is the AE truck is overgeared by two teeth on the spur gear. Um, overgeared from what you typically would run in like a modified truck or um, like the old GT. Yeah. Um, so that smooths it out a little bit as well on the low end. So anyway, from experience recently, the slide carb is, is manageable. Um, and they, that's generally what comes with the newest motors. So yeah, yeah, that's what I've, that's what I've sold the truck as. That's what I set the linkage up for. You know, when you buy the truck, it favors the slide carburetor just because that's what's available. So, but could you put a rotary carb in it pretty easily? Yeah. So with the newer kits, uh, you would probably have to have one in your hand to understand what I'm talking about, but there's a brake lever on the uh, newer kits. Okay. For the brake linkage. Mm -hmm. And um, on the ones that are coming up, there's going to be a universal one that's reversible. So you can not have to have any extra parts to do a rotary carb or a slide oh, carb. Cool. Oh, okay. That's nice. So right, right now, some of the guys have had to do a little bit of modification to get the uh, rotary carb to work in there, but. Mm -hmm. And I and I bet if you ran the TG engine, because the TG engine has a little bit less horsepower than like a speed or yeah. right, and and the the TZ, um, or even if you ran that, uh, what was that other brand engine with the uh, gold head? That SH. SH, yeah, SH yeah. engine. Um, I mean, with that, with a little bit less power, I, I'm sure the slide carburetor would be more manageable too. You know, yeah. I mean, that, that it all kind of blends together, right? So, like, yeah. I was trying to run this, you know, one point five horsepower honking motor with the on with the um, a more more powerful uh, carburetor, and it probably just didn't gel. But I bet if you ran that that other the S SH engine or even the TG engine, it'd probably be more manageable. Because honestly, yeah. I mean, this is overpowered. The, <laughs> the bigger yeah. engine, like it, it's going to have a lot of rip. So. Yeah, I I was at a race in Oklahoma a couple months ago, and or a few months ago, and I took the TZ out that you have in your hand, and in favor of a TG because it was just way too much. So I, mm -hmm. I threw the TG, and I'm like, oh yeah, now we're talking. I can really rip on it. So yeah, and I'm a puller. I like to pull throttle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm a yanker. Super chat. We just got a super chat. And it kind of goes into talking about engines a little bit. I think it's from Wade Gehring. It's five bucks. Does anyone run electric fans on nitro engines? Have you ever, I, I, I remember being on the comp competition director at Roar. I believe it was an email from Chad Bradley back in the day uh, that was asking about that. If they, if it was legal to, to, to blow air onto a nitro engine, we all looked at each other like, yeah, there's no rule about that. Have you ever heard anybody doing that? I never have. 
I can't imagine a fan holding up one and then two. I I don't I don't see the benefit. Yeah. I don't know. What about on like yeah. what about on brake linkage? What about on the brake discs? Yeah, maybe there. I can see that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Some yeah. diff cooling. We need some diff differential <laughs> cooling and some brake disc cooling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know like how how you would do that with an with an engine because that thing's like I don't know you, you look at like maybe even five degrees. Yeah, I, I, I would. Think. It would be pretty nominal unless it was a giant fan. That or a yeah. water cooled mm. radiator with the fan. <laughs> yeah, I think they just need an operating temperature to to work for the metallurgy right. to yeah to be right. And if you you're trying to sit at a certain temperature or go faster, maybe cool it so you can lean it out more then you're not getting the right fuel mixture in. yeah yeah that's, that's kind of something uh, when people when people bring their nitro cars in and they're they're trying to figure out why it doesn't run and i basically tell them that it, it an engine needs three things it needs air it needs fuel and it needs heat like heat's a, heat's not a bad thing for a nitro engine mm-hmm. you know and, uh, yeah, I mean, and like, there's no rings in these engines. A lot of people don't or forget about that because it's all, it's just a, uh, it's pretty much a press fit inside of that, the top mm-hmm. of that cylinder. Um, and when you break in an engine, you're kind of matching that or lapping that together with fuel is like a lapping compound. Right. Mm-hmm. So once that all laps together at, you know, 250 degrees or so, I mean, that's, that's, uh, you know, that's yeah. where it's going to seal at. Yeah, that's where you want to be. Super chat. We got in another super chat from Jason Haley this time to kind of follow up on this too. And just is, I'm going to, I'm going to change the question slightly. Is the break-in process on, on little 12s any different than, in, than an eight scale 21? Since no. That's kind of what we're all used same, to now. Same. And mm-hmm. you, do you run yours? You just fire it up, set it on the ground and just start going around in circles. I have a pretty lengthy break-in process that I kind of borrowed from Gord Tessman, and uh, it's awful. <laughs> it's <laughs> truly awful. <laughs> just just the time spent on it, or yeah, I mean, you got to block out a six hour six hours of your day, and you know, nearly a gallon of fuel. Yeah, mm. uh, for, for a twenty-one. I mean, a twelve could probably go on a half a gallon, but yeah. uh, I don't know what it comes up to be like twenty tanks or something stupid. Yeah, that's so a lot. The neighbors think I love driving my RC car in the driveway. Right. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's not what I'm doing. I'm not playing with this. <laughs> yeah. The kids all like from the neighborhood come and like run around it while you're trying to break in your engine. <laughs> that's what happens around here. Yeah. It's so like, anyway, this is serious Jackson. business. Yes. Business work. <laughs> yeah. So Yeah. Gore did a really long video on YouTube a long time ago about uh, motor break-in. And uh, it's just heat cycling yeah. for 15-plus tanks, mm-hmm. same as I would at 21. So, And it depends on how much I spent on the motor and how much I care about it also. Yeah. It plays it. You know? yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. $130 SH, I would probably spend about 30 minutes on and then go race. So. <laughs> yeah, right. It would probably be fine. It, it, yeah. And some of those other, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, back when there used to be like, remember that Pico 12, like from way back in the day, like the piston would like fall apart on it and stuff. No, uh, man. Yeah. Uh, 
but it's like one of those, it's like you could, you could run a race with it and like brand new and just run a race. <laughs> like you yeah. just don't care. <laughs> what percentage fuel do you run in your, in your 12s? Is it 20% you think? I run 25 just so I can share it with my ATL. Oh, okay. So that way I don't have to switch back and forth. It might not be ideal for either. Uh, actually, I think it's pretty ideal for eighth skill, but um, I run t- 25% uh, Testament blend of VP. But like something around 8% oil yeah. or so. Yeah, that's all I would use is VP fuel, personally. That same yeah. that same Wasp engine, I, uh, I was at a race in Texas one time. Uh, Johnny cool guy. Remember that track? It was a while ago. I don't think I've ever heard. No, I have heard of it, but I never heard, never seen it. It was an RC pro series race. It was a South division race that I went to. And, uh, um, I accidentally filled up my fuel bottle with 30% and I ran it in that little 12. And, uh, I kid you not. I ended up getting like 16 or 17 minutes of runtime. Somehow I was like, I was like, and Ben Bertle was with me at that race. And I was like, dude, what did you do? This thing, this thing, like, cause he, I came in for a fuel stop. He goes, dude, you still have half a tank in here. I was like, no way. And, uh, yeah, it's cause we, I accidentally put 30% instead of 20%. <laughs> it made it run That's funny. totally different. I had all sorts of power too. That's probably why I didn't use very much fuel. Cause I was like, ah, run good, run hard. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so what's the, what's the starter box you'd recommend buying or getting for this bad boy? If you don't have a starter box. So really any 10th touring car, uh, starter box. Yeah. And I've adapted the, uh, associated factory theme starter box. Um, it's universal. So you can flip the motor either way for eight scale or 10 scale. Um, the only difference is this wheel spins in line with the box and the car versus perpendicular. So. And then I make, just for ease for whoever wants it, there's a little 3D printed uh, plate adapter for the front of that that's on my website. So it makes it just really simple to get your truck aligned. And uh, it's actually on that box without that plate, it kind of wants to fall off of it. So, Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, the, fact, the factory team starter box isn't like ideal. It works great with this adapter plate. You're basically hanging right on the edge of it. That's why. Yeah, yeah. I have a, one of the Chrome associated ones somewhere. I I let somebody borrow it. And I, I think that they lost it or they still have it, but they can't find it. And yeah, that's uh, the one you want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. But I'm looking honestly, for I think, it. I don't know Mugen. I bet Mugen makes a Pro Start um, touring car starting box. I think they still make that. Yeah, which would be ideal, I'm sure. So an X-ray, I'm sure, makes one. Yeah. Or Hootie. Yeah. Yep, that'd be cool. Does Office still make a starter box? Are they still around making uh, cheap starter boxes? I don't know. I think Offna has gone. Yeah. Yeah, is they, it? yeah, you can't find yeah. Offna starter boxes anymore. Man, yeah. I, I think they're out of business, too. Offna, Honor, uh, I think they're I, all uh, gone, aren't they? Yeah, they're all gone. Yeah. I, I blew up a associated <laughs> box once. At that same, uh, yeah, at that same RC Pro Series race in, in 06 <laughs> at, at Rockford. And uh, uh, Rick Heisel was my pit guy. <laughs> and, 
He like, because you had to walk all the way up to get up to the driver's stand. Like it, it wasn't a driver's stand. It was the bleachers, right? And so I'm, I had to walk all the way up there. And then, and then my stupid starter box quit. And so then I missed my race. So I came all the way down and then I did a classic Alex temper tantrum. And I took that thing by its handle and I just went kablam on the ground and it blew up into a million pieces. And Rick, Rick was like, Rick was like, what are you doing? (laughs) Classic. (laughs) Fix it. Fixing it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm done with this crap. And then I ended up borrowing so straight to hell where it belongs. Yeah. Stupid starter box. What, uh, what body would you put on that truck since, you know, would a regular old 10 scale stadium truck body work or you got to do something special or anything? No, the, uh, restrictive kit bodies fit right on the TLR one flares out just a little bit. Cause it's such a narrow body mm-hmm. so for the exhaust pipe. It flares out for the header just a quick, but, um, it still works fine. It drops right on the team associated kit body fits right on. And so they all work well. And then the J concepts, um, is it a high flow? No, there's the F2 and then there's that other one. Yeah. Not the, I'm sure the F2 works good too, but the, uh, the other one, I can't can't think of the names. I think it's the high flow body. I think that's what it's called, but yeah, it drops right on just like it would your uh, electric truck. Yeah. I was probably going to use the F2 body. I think that one's cool. It's got a different look to it. I might have to paint yeah. one up to see see how it yeah. stickers up and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the one I was going to use because I, I use the F two body on everything. Like I, I like that body more than yeah. And I have all I think four bodies for ten scale two wheel. F two is my favorite. Yeah, and I'm I'm kind of crazy with bodies too. Like I choose bodies on handling. That's yeah, my I do too. One. That's like one of my number one setup changes. So mm-hmm. we'll see. I choose my bodies on which one's the cheapest. <laughs> and it shows. <laughs> you, don't paint, you, don't, you don't paint every single body available for said kit and just go see which one rips. No, I do not. Yeah. <laughs> I, actually, I'm I'm so cheap. I'm so cheap. I'm still using uh my B my original B six body on my B six two. On my B six two. So. I like that. I I respect that. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta get your money's worth out of that thing. Yeah. So, uh, what, what, uh, what kind of upgrades you recommend for that, uh, that truck? Like if you're going to build one, are there any like must have items, anything like that? Turnbuckles, the- turnbuckles without a doubt. Number one, mm-hmm. either J concepts, turnbuckles or, uh, the Lunsford HD. You can't go wrong with either of those. And, um, the tranny. So I'm running in like, RC car training. Yeah. I, I'm oh, running, uh, I was like, yeah, you're trying to get us canceled or what, dude? I run in the, uh, it is Robinson YouTube, Steel so. idler and uh, the Rob Robinson racing idler. Yeah. That you said? Okay. Sorry. Alex is yeah. talking over you. I'm sorry. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> so the Robinson steel idler and the Robinson aluminum dip gear. So I'm running an all metal transmission and I felt like a goofball at first, but then I'm like, why not? That'd be dumb not to. Mm-hmm. It, there's like no worry on the track. You just go drive and yeah. nothing will happen. What could happen? Yeah. So yeah, um, those are also getting ready to come on my website too. the, the Robinson gears. Yay. Nice. 
Because sometimes yeah, those can go, be hard to find, too. They're mm-hmm. somewhat, they're pretty sold out everywhere. So yeah. I'm going to have them here in a week, a couple weeks. Good. Nice. Do, do, uh, those, so anyway, uh, do those ever wear out, like where the diff balls go in or anything? I don't know yet. I've never used okay. them before. Neither mm. have I. So, I. I've never run one. So. I can't imagine. I mean, I'm uh, going to put it through. I'll yeah. run it until it stops. So I, I had, I had a, the Robinson diff gear in my, I think in the last GT that I had, I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. I went all aluminum trans or all metal transmission as well. And I don't, I don't really remember there being any, any fit problems with that. Even though, even over a full course of the season. Yeah. I they have a really nice, they have a nice looking hard coat on them too. So I yeah. imagine it's pretty durable. Yeah. Um, so yeah, turnbuckles, uh, transmission gears. Other than that, there's just, there's nothing that could go wrong. Yeah. From wood. Right. Are the, and the, <laughs> the chassis is an aluminum, right? It's an aluminum chassis. Yeah. And then, and then yeah. I, I thought I saw like a carbon fiber fit thing in there. Is that right? Yeah. So, uh, it's 70, 70, 70, 75 aluminum for the chassis. And, um, then the battery sits under the tank touring car style on the carbon fiber battery brace. So, okay. Or not brace, but plate. I know what you mean. What what battery do you recommend for this? Reedy two seven three one three. Okay, uh, it's a flat stick pack, and I can't think of the dimensions, but the dimensions are pretty critical. I don't have calipers with me, but um, but it fits in that slot. So okay. whatever the whatever that Reedy pack measures is mm-hmm. what the pack needs to be. I know dynamite makes one that's a tiny bit smaller, which it'll work well as also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cause that was one thing I was like, man, I bet battery's pretty critical on that thing. Um, it is. A, it's kind of a tight space, like height, height and width are really critical on that battery. So. Right. Um, and then I noticed on the website, there's a, is there a brass plate? That can go in the uh, battery or a yeah. Weight? So I made I made a brass option for the battery, mm-hmm. and uh, and I'll stock those up again too. But for tracks like yours, I think that'd be a cool option. Yeah, high grip, more weight. Yeah, just more weight down low in the middle mm-hmm. of the car. Right. Yeah, that would. Uh, that's always nice. It'd be fun. Um, so then, uh, what uh, what tires are you uh, liking on your? Truck for outdoor and uh, even at the Plex. <laughs> um, so when I was up there this weekend, obviously I did the gold ellipses and uh, they just rip. And then outdoor, I've run the flip outs, mm-hmm. goose, goose bumps, um, Proline's whole shot. Um, what else is out there? The Sprinter. I haven't gotten to run the Sprinter yet, but I hear good things about Dude, that tire. I was going to yeah. say, I'm thinking Sprinter on my mini truggy outside gonna be dialed Mm -hmm. oh man yeah yeah that'd be fun so i really think it's j concepts is doing a pretty good job with uh the full tire range for trucks and uh, really want for good outdoor tires would you use ribs up front that still thing kind of a i've always been a thin guy on the front really okay yeah okay yeah i mean i guess jason makes the makes the carvers i'm sure it wouldn't be bad to try them here and there i still have some uh, that'll be my go-to i still have some more pins 
for yeah, truck. if more pins and if more studs, those are those are my jam just, outdoor racing. I wouldn't be allowed to race them right now. Yeah, red I just, compound. I just sold a vintage uh, uh, stadium truck tire lot a couple of days ago on Facebook. What? And there were blades in there <sighs> and some other low C tire. I can't remember what it was. It was like a half of it. The pins blades. laid one way, half of them were in line. It was a really popular tire. But oh, I can't, I can't remember. remember the name of it. I have a set at home. I'm going to look it yeah, up when I get home. I know. I'm sure you do. That's crazy. I had step ins, bow ties, square fuzzies. You know what? You yeah, were, you were was, a pro line guy for a while. You cool. know what? One of my favorite gas truck tires was were uh, snake eyes. Oh, I had a set of those in this Dude, lot they were, they also. Were, those tires were the shit back in the day in Lincoln. <laughs> did, they were awesome. Did you ever run Evil Twins? That yeah. Proline tire? Yeah. I, yeah, I had enough a set. To not, enough to not run them. Yeah, exactly. I ra- I tried running them just because I liked the name one time. Yeah. Long time ago. I was like, Evil Twins, sign me up. And uh, it's like, man, I wasted a set of wheels. <laughs> man, I, I really want to try rib front tires just to like old school out there. You know, Regionals, bro. You still got your GT2? Yeah. Come, oh, reg- hope- come to regionals with me and Emerson. We're going. Well, when, when, when's regionals? June 20, June 26th. Well, hopefully I have a gas truck by then. It's, it's in between, it's, like it's in between reasons. two, uh, it's in between our summer series races. It's going to be perfect. Yeah. Oh, and that's awesome. So yeah, you, I got to get, uh, Will, you'll have yours by then. I think Alex Vanderbeek's going to get one going for that. Hopefully. Mm. Yeah. I talked to them and I, I don't know what they were planning on doing. They're kind of maybe they're probably the just making maybe. me feel, they're probably making me feel good. Yeah. It'd be cool if they did it. Yeah. It would be cool. <laughs> but I'd like to have an eight scale by then too, or maybe an e-buggy, but for the regionals, that'd be, that'd be yeah, cool. Yeah. Get an e-buggy. Then you and I can have a, a death match. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> or you can get a gas truck. I got an extra motor. I know. And pipe uh, and I- stuff. I could probably find a loner somewhere. There you go. So what are, uh, what are tracks that, that you, do you think would be good for a cast truck at like, uh, you know what? Cause like, so this, this is why this is such a, a critical question for me is like when gas truck kind of went away, a lot of the people blame the tracks being too big or the tracks being too this or that for gas truck. And then everything went eight scale. Um, I know that there's a lot of good tracks that you could run this at. Um, have you heard of any, like, like off the top of your head that would be good? I mean, personally, I think the Plex would be bad to the bone for yeah. gas truck, especially yeah, in our winter series. Oh yeah. That's <laughs> good winter, without a doubt. Just take Alex says. Alex's face. I, th- I thought, I thought oh, it froze. <laughs> ah, it's just so we're, we're the turnouts are so good now it's blowing my mind i i'm a i just i don't want to add any extra classes i know yeah you know that short course is gonna have to go sorry guys yeah i well that was kind of the part of the plan anyways so yeah so we, we just dropped four-wheel drive short course and we said get some gas truck you know what i mean yeah <laughs> <laughs> so to answer your question the um first on the topic of what tracks work, I'll start a different direction. I think it's not quite accurate when people say tracks favor eight skills more than 10 skill. Um, if you think about the ones that come to mind first, like Thornhill, 
nitro compound revelation. Um, I don't know what are the mega tracks come to mind. Uh, those are what is in people's heads. I think when they say tracks are too big, but then the other side of that coin, the other 90% of the tracks are fast lane size, hobby flex size, um, like P and T hobbies. What are, you know, some off the top of my head, Thunder Road, uh, Shaw's down in Oklahoma, Thunder Road. Yeah. That's the average track. That's perfect for 10 skill. So I don't buy it when people say tracks are too big, but I think, see now when I quit gas truck, I, I saw the writing on the wall for me because I was showing up at tracks and I'm, I'm not to throw Steve under the bus in any way. This is not meant as a jab, but I would show up to pleasant Hill with my gas truck and there'd be a, 30 foot gap double. Yeah. And, and I'm like, well, there's no way I'm clearing that with my gas truck. And I, I think that's what people meant. And I actually think that I don't think tracks have gotten tamer, but I do think that tracks have, have gotten more refined. I think, I think you probably could run gas truck at Thornhill because all their big, all their big gap jumps are also have a double option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I keep looking at videos of that place saying I am coming down there. With I want to move soon. there. I would love to just live in Austin <laughs> and go race somewhere instead of being in charge of anything. There you go. Um, so anyway, here's my list. It's actually pretty lengthy. Nice. Of uh, mm. Those are all the tracks that either plan to support the you know gas truck class or can. I'm just going to try to highlight like there's a lot of people in Southern California. Yeah, that have these so, and they oh. all have plans of racing at Hot Rod. Oh yeah, Hot Rod. Is it Pegasus really nice. one that they were still racing gas truck at? I don't know. Is Pegasus around? Seemed like I heard the other I, day that Pegasus didn't I have. Haven't heard of anything of Pegasus in a while. Um, I know I that. Know. Um, uh, I think Nash Johnson was the race director for a while. But yeah, dude, yeah. I, I, I remember when I was putting together that GT two. Um, I was watching videos of them club racing gas trucks still at Pegasus. I thought it was Pegasus. I Hot could Rod. be wrong. Hot Rod's a perfect track. It's outdoor. It's, yeah, ten, Hot, it's yeah. 10 skill sized. He never does any stupid jumps. They're always. Yeah. Yeah. Hot. yeah. So I think he's going to have a pretty good following it, assuming he'll support it. And, but it seems like a lot, there's a lot of races out there that really want to take those, take it on there. But, uh, and Delta RC is a track up North that Tyler Vick was telling me about. Yeah, Delta's cool. Got, is it? That's the it one. Look cool. It's got I'll a co- it's got a cover. Uh huh. It's that's that's a cool place. There's a, there's nice. some really cool videos on YouTube of that track. Uh, Colorado has a pretty huge following in general, and they have a series. Oh, I forgot to jot it down. Um, a series that hits LRC and a track in Cheyenne. Um, so they have a whole series for this summer that they got a pretty good following. That's going to be running trout for the whole series. Nice. Uh, yeah. So, and I think it might be, I don't know, like your typical five or six rounds, maybe more. Mm-hmm. Um, Michigan, Tarkar, and Sandpit. That's uh, some that Al threw out to me, Al Horn. Mm. And then my region, it's a little bit of a stretch for you guys to like consider dirt burners, but like fast lane dirt burners when they get the driver's stand. Your track, Omaha, um, Hobby Haven. I don't maybe. know what the status is. Hobby but- Haven could be. <laughs> Could be fun. Yeah. That would be uh, a pretty nice weekend. Drive up there, race gas truck, come home. You know? And then South Missouri, we have a place called Chicken Dinner. 
Yeah, I've seen uh, videos. I've never been there. I've seen videos of that <laughs> on YouTube. It's a good looking track. It is. A good looking old school track. Yeah. Out in the field. Yep. Um, Oklahoma. What do we have down there? Oklahoma, Texas. Shaw's. Little track in Oklahoma that's really cool. NDRC. Um, that whole Texas crowd is really into this. So, yeah. Um, I think those A number one air track. I can't think what it where it's at, but um, it's DFW area. Yeah. So those guys are big into it. Indiana, I was talking to Adam Rails, and he told me Victor, Victory RC, Jack's tracks, VCRC. Yeah, it's Joe Law's track, um, Victory. That, he's, oh, he, Victory is? He, he's got three different ra- like big races this year that kind of take the place of, of state lines dates. Now that state line's not around, and I've, I'm actually thinking about Emerson and I going out there sometime this summer for one of those. Oh, nice. I've got way too many races that I want to go to. I'm already up to like 15. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what else? In the, like just northeast Pennsylvania, there's Pit Stop, Powerline, Adrenaline, and uh, WOCRC. I'm pretty unfamiliar with the northeast. Yeah. So I don't know. But they seem to have a pretty decent following up there. Um, and then Florida is kind of the last little pocket that I've got that I've had a lot of activity in. Florida's a region all of its own. I know. It's I started well, I started listing the tracks and I didn't even get them all, I guarantee. Yeah. Um like yeah. Lake Park, SS Hobbies, uh Newberry, Triple Nickel, Dean's Discount Hobbies, and Mills Pond. Mm-hmm. Those are I'm sure I missed some too. And those are all outdoor Ken Seal tracks. Mm-hmm. So they got it made. They got it made down there. Yeah. And then uh, we already kind of talked about upcoming events, but is there uh, any upcoming events that you can think of the race gas truck at? I know one of them's uh, region A regionals that we talked about, but are there any others? Yeah. So we got the regionals. And then for me, locally, we have our summer series and we've got about 20 gas trucks locally that I think are going to make a pretty strong appearance throughout our series. Okay. Um, and then also Shaw's down in Oklahoma. They're doing a, a series as well. That's got a pretty good gas truck following like 10 plus, you know, eight, eight to 12. Um, and I can't think of any other like, well, and in Colorado, like I'd mentioned, they've got a good following and it's pretty committed to the, to a series. So nice. Um, yeah. I'm, I've had, I've had an idea for a while now that I wanted to do some sort of like Sunday, um, on the, like the off weekends from the summer series. Cause you know, the summer series is once a month. So there's this, you know, it'd be like two weeks in front of and two weeks behind the next one. I've always wanted to do like a Sunday truck series of some sort. And that, that could be how we're able to still have, you know, mod truck short course. But I've always wanted to do Pro 20 again, too. Mm-hmm. But you could have What's like Pro a, 20. Pro 20 is 20 minute main. Oh, okay. Electric truck, 20 minute main. And uh, nice. Yeah. And, and so, um, so keep, keep an eye out for that. I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to look at dates, make sure I don't go over the top of anybody important, and then uh, figure it out. Sundays are easy to land, though, as far as dates. Yeah, usually. Well, kind of, I guess. Most of the time. Yeah, without a direct conflict, anyway. Yeah, yep. Oh, Rocky Mountain Summer Series. That's what the Colorado one is. Rocky Mountain. That's probably a short drive for you, Will. Colorado? Uh, 
Wyoming? No. <laughs> seven no? hours? Like, what, I don't six think hours? so. That's seven hours from Omaha to, to Cheyenne. Yeah, so it'd be six hours. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty short. It's not terrible. Yeah. In the, in the grand scheme of things. You ever talk to somebody from SoCal? And then, and they're like, yeah, man, I got to drive like 30 minutes to get to this track. It's bull crap. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's pretty messed up, man. <laughs> I drive an hour every time I want to race practice, whatever an hour drive. That's a shame. Yeah. A shame. I don't, I don't know if I would do that or not. Fastlane's 15 minutes from me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I'm committed, nice. Chad. Full commitment. Yeah. <laughs> And now, a word from our sponsors. Yeah! This is a Pivot Lending Update with David Olson and Don Zoller. Get some. This is David Olson with Pivot Lending Group. Wanted to give you a, an update on Pivot Lending Group. We're growing, and right now, uh, we're at 135 employees. Over the last two years, we've grown from 35 employees to 135, so up 100, and we're building our new headquarters, which is going to be in Littleton, Colorado. Really excited about that. It's about 15,000 square foot building that will house our underwriting, our processing, our closing, uh, our subservicing department, our marketing department, all of those in one place, which is going to be fantastic. Pivot Lending is now in 15 different markets with offices in Irvine, California. We have two offices in Scottsdale. We have an office in Boulder. Uh, We have an office in Denver and also Colorado Springs, an office in Omaha. Uh, We have one in Wichita, Kansas City, also Las Vegas. Uh, We opened an office in Las Vegas and we're growing into New England. So uh, I suspect you're, you're going to see probably two or three new offices popping up this coming year. If you're in the mortgage industry and you're looking for an opportunity to start out with a small family-run business that's growing, this is a great opportunity for you. Give me a call, 402-881-5951. David Olson, NMLS 16099. Don Zoller, NMLS 277-589. Pivot Lending, NMLS 109-995. Now to your regularly scheduled program. So, full disclosure, I'm pretty sure that Gretchen and I are getting a uh, refinance with Pivot. Money, money, money. Yeah, so there you go. See, it works. March Mayhem, the road to 50. Okay, so I want to talk, before we go, uh, we're probably not going to get to any questions, so those of you guys watching, if you're... Uh, if you have a question, uh, probably not going to get to it. Um, we've gotten up to 34 viewers so far. So the, the, the goal is to get 50 and then I'm going to give away a gift card. So we got, we got 34. I think that's like one more than where we topped out last week. So good job, Chad. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Um, probably my wife. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, but since you're here and you were at the finals, uh, I, I did want to make sure that we get over the, uh, the, the techno series results. The winner is. It had been a while since you've been to a techno series. What was that like? What'd you think? Uh, your group level was higher than I remember. Mm. Uh, normally we have that kind of grip, but it's like the last race. Yeah. So it was surprising. Usually by the middle of round two, you, you're you're looking at the track going, "Oh wow, look at all that." Yeah, where do we go from here? Yeah, but I, I think <laughs> I think I think a lot of that has to do with 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 
the tires that we run now too. And, and the tire yeah. sauce that everybody's using. I mean, every, every, a lot of people are basically using the same tire sauce as well. Yeah, but I had so much fun, though. The track was so fun, and I was so excited to run the main. I, I just, I wasn't, ex- I haven't been that excited to just go race and be on the clock for a long, long time. So that yeah. was awesome. Yeah, that's really good. Um, Well, let's just start off with the A main. So we had, just to go over the, the turnout, we had 200 and 15 entries, which that is now a new record for, uh, for the, for the techno series. Um, and I think we got down to an E main in expert nitro buggy. So there was a lot, there was a lot of cars there. Um, first main event of the day was sportsman buggy. And, um, this was one of the classes that was still up for grabs. Um, Luke Baker went into it with a lead over, um, Philip Hoke and the craziest thing happened. Phil, uh, uh, Lucas flamed out on like the third turn and he lost about a minute and 40 seconds to get back out there. And so I was like, Oh wow, it's over. Cause Philip had the lead and he was gone. And I'm like, wow, it's over. Like there's no way that, that, uh, that Lucas is going to be able to come back for that. Even, even if he did, you know, finish up, um, a few more spots ahead of where he's at now. I'm like, Philip's got such a big lead. Well, then 10 minutes in, Philip flamed out. And they finished. Um, they were, it, then it looked like they were only going to finish two positions apart. And then Philip had more problems. And all of a sudden, Lucas went from dead last all the way up to fifth. And Philip dropped to eighth. So, Poor Philip. Yeah, Philip had it, man. He was his car looked good. He was driving really well, and uh, he just needed no mechanical anything. And the uh, the mechanical fun suck came up and got him. However, uh, Matt Kessel, who I believe is a St. Louis guy, and he's fairly new, uh, ended up taking the win. And our guy Tim Crystal, fellow Kansas City area person, uh, finished second. And then Josh Shout from the eighth spot got a third, and that's a pretty good way to end the series for him. Uh, John Davies finished fourth. Baker, like I said, was fifth. Caden Clemmy uh, broke out. Here he was unable to finish, he, but only 10 seconds before the final. Um, Keith Vanderhyde was seventh. Philip Hoke ended up eighth. Brad Horsch was ninth. And then Parker Clemmy did break out. And I think Parker, I think both, both Clemmy brothers were doing really well too. Um, so they just had some mechanicals come up and get him too. Uh, but with that, um, Luke Baker ended up winning the series. Um, Philip Hope came in second, and I can go in and look and see who got third. I think it was one of the Clemmies, if I'm not mistaken. But, I mean, it's kind of an exciting race. I mean, it, it, you could say you could say Nitro Fun Suck, but at the same time, w- when something like that happens, and then something 10 minutes later happens, and all of a sudden all this stuff happens, it kind of makes it more exciting for everybody. Yeah, it definitely makes it interesting and fun to watch, you know. Like, it's never fun to watch anybody run away. It's like, all right, let's go go get snacks or something. But yeah, yeah, exactly. When that happens, it, uh, it's definitely a good race to watch. Well, that's a good lead-in. So speaking of uh, not watching anybody run away, uh, let's move on to Expert Nitro. This is the second race. I always like to do... Um, I, I, Chad, I don't know about you, but I feel like... I feel like we've got it down at the techno series where we're able, especially now that we're running sportsmen in an expert class where we're able to knock out for me personally, like it, it relieves a lot of stress and anxiety to get nitro expert buggy out of the way, get it done, you know? 
I like that. Yeah. So the sportsman guys, uh, we have yet to have one of the sportsman guys in the expert A main. So it just works out too, where we have them as corner marshals, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, Seth Van Dalen and Mason Fuller were on like this next extra level on Saturday. It was crazy. Um, you can, I, I did, I posted the video online and they were basically nose to tail almost the entire 30 minutes. Maybe the last four minutes, they finally got away from one another. But, uh, I don't know. How many times did they lap you? Oh, who cares? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> the first time though, I know I saw it and I noticed it because <laughs> it was so soon. I'm like, I was going pretty decent. Yeah. <laughs> so that was funny I didn't think much of it but I was just like wow <laughs> alright go ahead <laughs> uh, usually, usually if, if, they're, if, all the, if they're all here Mason, Jared, Tom, Ashton Jared Wiggins and, uh, and Seth Van Dalen usually if they're all here the tail end of Expert A Maine starts having them come up behind him within two or three minutes it's crazy the pace that they're pushing, you know, mm-hmm. um, I just, I just, I just said that cause I thought it was funny by the way. I hope he didn't take that personally in any way. Okay. Um, but basically Seth, Seth and Mason were basically ch- trading, not necessarily jabs. They were almost nose to tail with no passing for the first pit cycle. And then the second pit cycle, Seth was really laying on the pressure on Mason actually did get around him. And then made a mistake, and Mason got back in front, and then they stayed that way again. Then the third pit stop came, and um, both dads were doing really good. Mike Fuller and Sean were both nailing the pit stops. They were within a tenth of a second of one another, so there was no real advantage in pit lane uh, between the two of them. And then, um, and then Mason finally cracked a little bit. The, the, last, the last seven or eight minutes were... Seth was just hounding him, hounding him, hounding him, got around him, and then he wrecked behind him. And that that's kind of what happened there. Other than that, they 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 were they would have finished probably even closer than that if it wasn't for that last uh that last wreck, basically. That's pretty awesome they can race for that long that close. Yeah, it was like, pretty incredible. I mean Yeah. because uh, I kept I kept waiting for something to happen that would separate them, and it just didn't happen until the very, very end. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Uh, Jared Tebow had a weird day, qualified fifth, finished third, but it was, it's just strange to say that he wasn't really part of that. Like the first yeah. four or five laps he was there. And then after that, Seth and Mason were, is just gone. And Jared was just there just doing what he needed to do to get a good finish. But I never really announced him that much, you know? And and the other thing too was he was pulling away once Tom had his flame out early, he was pulling away from everybody else too. So it was just this weird I don't know, it's just a weird separation that happened. It would have been pretty awesome to see, you know, all three of them, but I think I think uh I think Jared had a wreck too, and that 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 made him separate initially, you know. But Jared stayed on Sunday. Him and Wiggins and Van Dalen actually stayed on Sunday and, and uh, tested a bunch of stuff, too, to try to get their cars to to maneuver a little quicker. Yeah, I saw, I saw uh, Wiggins' uh, video. It's just funny how Seth can sometimes, sometimes overcome 
us, us uh, how his car handles and just, he's able to just overcome that and still stay, you know, still stay fast. Yeah. Cause I mean, the, the techno guys were all basically complaining that their cars were tight and like they wouldn't mm-hmm. rotate, they wouldn't rotate as much as, as like the low C car and stuff. But somehow Seth was That's still funny. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'd give some, ro- I'd give some rotation away. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. So Tom Rinnernecht also, I mean, actually for, for what happened to Tom. So on the video, if you watch it, uh, it's up on YouTube. Um, like the fourth lap in, he caught kind of an open spot on the pipe. His car got stuffed underneath of it and then it flamed out while it was sitting there. So he had an early mm. flame out. So for most of the race, he was also, um, he was producing super fast laps, but he was way back there. And then the last maybe pit cycle, all of a sudden he started picking him off again and was able to climb all the way up to fourth place. I, if, if that hadn't happened, if that flame out hadn't happened, this might've been a three way battle for, for the whole time. Maybe. I mean, the speed was there yeah. for sure. Um, but Tom's Tom's known as an electric guy too. So it's, it's, it's one of those things, right? He was there, he wanted to race, but he was also trying to learn as well. Him and his dad are still trying to learn the whole nitro game. You know, yeah. it's not just driving. You got to, it's the engine, it's the tuning, it's the pit stops. It's, it's all this stuff that goes along with it. Mm-hmm. Um, Wiggins was sixth. Um, couple laps back from, uh, I'm sorry, Ashton Abdul was fifth. Um, God, he's so close. Yeah. Like he's so close to breaking through to that next level with, with, with Mason and Jared and Tom and, and Sean and Seth and those guys. So, um, he'll rip off a fast lap, but he has, he, he needs to get him back to back to back to back to back like they do, you know? Um, yeah, it's just finding that comfortable speed. Yeah. You know, or being comfortable at that speed. Jared Wiggins of Sith six. Mitchell Pavel uh, got the bump and finished seventh. Uh, Chad, you finished eighth. Um, 74 laps. Uh, everybody in this one finished too, which is always good. And that's how you know they're, they're expert eight scale and not really sportsmen. Yeah. <laughs> no joke. Um, Cal Holmberg was seventh and Bradley Peterson was 10th. And then in the points, uh, Seth actually wasn't in the points cause he missed too many rounds. Um, he's been, he's been jet setting all over the place. So, um, I believe this is only the second time that he's been here this year. And it was basically down between Mason and Jared Tebow for the win. So Mason finishes in front. So Mason gets the win. Jared Tebow was second and Ashton Abdul finished third for the season. So wow. good job for the, nice. our local fast kid now. Then you got uh pro four and there was actually a lot of them, dude, for, for, uh, previous years, we've had, you know, three or four heats of them. We had two heats. We had 15 trucks. Um, Easton McCormick took the win um, from the fourth position, too. Uh, ended up beating his dad. Ashley got a, got a TQ in a second. Sean Van Dalen um, got third. And then it was Eric Fletcher, uh, Tyler Fleming, uh, Nick Poppenfuss from the nine, the bump spot, getting up to sixth. Cal Quast in the seventh. Rob Turner, eighth. John Martin, ninth. And Andrew Schultz was tenth. Um, in the points, it was Ashley Easton and Sean. And that pro four was kind of figured out last month. There really wasn't a way that that could change. So mini truggy, uh, this is my new bag, by the way, Chad, this, this, this is my new fun class that I like to run. So Are you loving it? I'm excited for, to race it outside actually. 
I want to go to a big outdoor track and pound this thing out there. There doesn't look like anything wrong with mini truggy. No, it's dude. It's a blast. How about Bryson Pavel from the 10th spot? The bump up, by the way, we had 36 mini truggies on Saturday. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And, uh, four heats, four heats. And then I, we, we could have had an ABCD. We could add an E main, but I was like, no, I'll just throw them all in the main together. So I think we had a 12 car D main, but they're so small. I was like, eh, you know, we'll make it work. But Bryson Pavel did not make the A main. He didn't qualify into it. So he had to get the bump and he got from the 10th qualifying spot, ended up winning this race. Really? Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Where'd Uh, you finish? I didn't race. Oh, you didn't race what? mini I, ha- I had the point series tied up. I uh, locked up. I didn't have to race. I raced. I raced. <laughs> and you didn't have tires. And I, I didn't love have tires. This class so much. I'm not racing. Either. No. I well. Here's the thing. I'm trying. <laughs> I have one set of. I have one set of gold ellipses. One. <laughs> so I don't even want to run my truck again until the uh, ProTech race in April. Yeah. So, uh, you probably won't see me do that. I'm gonna. I'm actually. I'm actually kind of excited to race my e buggy on Fridays. Friday nights. Uh, Steven will, this was his first time at the Plex, uh, qualified fourth, finished second. Sean Van Dalen finished third. Jay Calaherka was fourth. Dane Gangler was fifth. Cal Quast was sixth. Connor Herrick was seventh. Philip Hoke was eighth. Ashley McCormick was ninth. And James Ham, um, was your TQ, but busted out early in this one. And I think that that actually changed the results in the points for second and third. So I won the point series. Um, Sean Van Dalen, last year's champ. Got second, and then uh, James Ham finished third overall on the points. Uh, then Big Truggy, we followed up with Big Truggy, and uh, it was weird because uh, Zach Van Dalen wasn't here. It was reported that um, he's got a girlfriend now, and uh, wanted to, wanted uh, to stay home uh, this oh weekend. Oh no, that's it. That's it. It's over. Um, he he gone. He, he done. gone. So <laughs> so last year's podium. Um, Greg, Jeremy, Zach, although no, it was Zach, Greg, and Jeremy with Zach being gone. That means he didn't actually make the points. So that means a third place all of a sudden opened up. So Greg Bommel finished, uh, first Clayton Carter, came down, uh, got second. Jeremy Whiting finished third, Braden Billington, fourth, Patrick Mitrovic's fifth, Don Drews from the bumps, bump spot finished sixth. Chris Stapes from the bump finished seventh chance. Roke was eighth. Jason Hack was ninth. Chris Morant went home. Cause he was exhausted and uh, um, cause I don't think he slept. Ever. Pretty, um, yeah, ever, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Uh, but he wasn't really in the points either. So Greg Bommel took the championship. Jeremy Whiting got second and then Braden Billington, um, his first time coming up to the techno series ended up finishing third overall for the series. Um, Sportsman electric. This was, one that was not really in question um, as far as the winning of the point series, but uh, it's, it's crazy to see the improvement of everybody that runs this class. Um, Connor Herrick got the win. Philip Hoke finished second. Jackson Anderson finished third. Now Jackson Anderson had this race locked up early, like five minutes in. And all that had to happen was it was kind of like nitro. Philip was, the only way for Philip to win the points was for something crazy to happen to Jackson Anderson. Jackson Anderson broke like a shock or something five minutes in. And so his oh, car, no. yeah. So his car was not handling like it should have. He actually came into the pits and Tebow was, was, was rolling his hands and yelling up at him. Just keep going. Just keep going. 
So he ended up going back out there and he finished the race in third place. And he had such a big lead and the TQ that it didn't really matter. He, all he had to do is basically finish, I think like sixth or better. And it wouldn't have hurt him. Did he, did he win the points then? Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's nice. Good. Yep. So Jackson Anderson, third Dane Gangler from the ninth spot, all the way up to fourth Bryson Pavel fifth Jack, uh, Parker Clemmie got six. Corey Heft uh, from the other bump spot was seventh. Jackson Anderson was, or Troy Jackson was eighth. Kyle Kakurik was uh, ninth. And Nick Pavel finished 10th. And then in the points, I got to remember who's third. It might be one of the Clemmie brothers. I think it is. I'm pretty sure the points went Jackson, Phillip, and Parker. I'm pretty sure nice. that's what it was. Um, without going back, my phone's about to die, so I got to make sure I get through this. And then we go on to electric eight scale last race of the night. Um, uh, this one, boy, this one was a heartbreaker for Jared Tebow. I got to say, because Jared had a big enough lead on Mason that I, I going into this, I was thinking to myself, wow, Jared's got a top three easy, so we don't have to worry about it. But Mason Fuller was on it all, all day. Um, he got a TQ and a win. Ashton Abdul was on it as well and finished second. He was eight seconds back from Mason, but he, he finished ahead of Tom Rennernecht, who qualified second, finished third. Then Seth Van Dalen got fourth. Jared got fifth. Now, Jared was coming up. Jared lapped me. I let him go in the corner. We had this big gap jump, right? And with e-buggy, you could hug it pretty tight and just goose it, and it would, your car would go wee and, and land on the downside. Jared had just lapped me, and he went over that in front of me, and I saw him basically, the pipe had broke pretty much, and I saw his car just basically get jammed underneath of that pipe, and I got my lap back. On the inside? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, bad spot. And it's not like you can do anything about it during the race because that's a bad spot for Marshall to be to try to fix it too. So. I'm up there, you know, that's why I don't like racing these things because I, I'm up there going, oh, son of a bitch, that pipe's broke. That looks like crap. Oh, crap. Jared just stuffed it in, in there. I'm like, oh, crap. This sucks. It's the track. <laughs> the track's, you know, and so I'm thinking to myself that. Um, but that basically was the difference for Mason to edge out Jared by one point for the championship. So if Jared had finished in front of Seth or in front of anybody, if he would have just finished fourth, they would have tied and the tiebreaker would have went to Tebow. Man. Yeah. Devastation. Devastation. Brutal. And that's the first time Jared's ever been to to any of our point series races at the Plex and actually been in the points before. So nothing against Mason, but I really wanted him to win one of those because then his poster gets on the wall. (laughs) <laughs> right. So, so people would come in to the Plex, you know, next winter and see Jared Tebow's face up there, you know, two time, <laughs> two time world champion. Oh, Jared Tebow races here. You know, it's, that's what's going through my head too. So I, I, it's nothing it's Mason, but I was kind of rooting for Jared to, to, to take it, you know? Jared would probably be mad, but you could do a runner-up plaque just to <laughs> still, get his, still get his face in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, sorry, Jared. Jared. Jared doesn't like finishing second, so I don't. I'm, oh, no. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that. That will not happen. I don't know anybody that races that 
is looking for second, you know, or like or eight. ever be, huh? Or eight, dude. Yeah, dude. If I if I got second at this race in e buggy, I would be so happy. <laughs> at this point in my I, life, yeah, same. At this point in my life, I'd be like, hell yeah, I'll take a second. I could live <laughs> with it, but I wouldn't be happy. Yeah, like I'm never I happy just, fin- finishing second. Like I'm okay with it. I think I started having more fun with RC cars when I realized when I got rid of the if you ain't first, your last mentality just yeah. like two years ago. Yep. Oh, you're right. Yeah. You're definitely right. Um, okay. Mason Herrick was sixth. Uh, Mason and I back there in sixth and seventh were having one hell of a race. I mean, it was really fun. And my car had started, had, had started out really good, but it got gotten away from me at the end of the race. My tires were bald when I came off the track. And this was only the fifth time that I personally was even driving this car. And I had made basically no changes to it. Jared Wiggins gave me some springs and that really helped. But, but I haven't actually taken any time to learn this car at all. So for me, it was a struggle just to get through the race and put down any sort of fast laps. But that being said, uh, Mason and I were having a really good one. Um, but in the end, uh, he got me by four seconds at the end there. Um, Cal Holmberg finished eighth. Clayton Carter Luke was ninth and Jackson Anderson, um, finished 10th. He was able to start the race. Um, honestly, I just wanted to beat Jackson in this one. I was just yeah. pretty happy. I was pretty happy about that. I would never hear it down. I would never live it down if, if Jackson had beaten me. Jackson was texting me. The, uh, yeah, he qualified, he qualified me, he was, but, but he was, was making sure I knew that I'm like, there's no way you're beating me in this time, buggy. <laughs> Um, okay. Uh, so that's techno series results. Uh, it ended up being the exact same podium as nitro. It was Mason, Jared and Ashton Abdul in e-buggy. Nice. So that concludes our 2020 and 21, uh, techno winter series. I have no doubt that techno will be back on board for next season. And, uh, we might make some small changes to stuff um if the turnouts stay the way they are i'm not going to add an extra day but i might change some of the main times so yeah we'll see how that goes i might have like a rule like if we hit a certain number of entries or heats you know we'll cut down the the main times a little bit i don't know something like that i'll i'll figure it out I i had a blast i'm definitely participating more next year yeah hopefully we have tires next year too yeah no joke well yeah, that's going to be a summer-long issue with hoarders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I th- it's weird because we the Plex had like fifty-something pairs of gold ellipses to start the season, and they were gone by December round two. You know, so wow. Okay, well, with that, we better go. Chad Parks, thanks for coming on. It's always fun when we have a guest because sometimes Will and I just start running out of stuff to talk about. So, yeah. Thanks guys. Yeah, it was fun. And what's your, uh, what's, what's your website? Ignitedesignrc.com. Okay. And, uh, uh, would you like to thank any personal sponsors for your race program? Oh, I mean, team associated reading. I almost said LRP. (laughs) 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 J concepts. They're new for me this year. So it's been really fun getting other tires and get going on that. So nice. And, uh, honestly, thanks to all the, for all the people that support in the uh, gas truck thing, it's really cool to see the response and all the nice things people are saying. So that's cool. All right. Yeah. It makes it uh, feel worthwhile. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that would so, suck so to do, do all that work and not have anybody buy anything. Yeah. <laughs> do, uh, what do they say? That sucks. Yeah. Do you think you're going to have like 
distributors shipping your trucks at some point or is that no, something? I doubt, I doubt it. This is uh direct sales. That would also require a lot more manufacturing on your part too. Yeah. True. I mean, this, this is kind of set up for as a boutique. Yeah. So to speak, right. boutique brand, okay. direct, direct sales, kind of like YT, YT bikes. Yeah. I don't know if I can compare myself to that, but you know. Yep. Yeah. Same idea. No, that makes sense. I, I was just curious. Yeah. Well, um, thanks to Pivot Lending Group for uh, making our show weekly. Um, as always, um, you can find it at pivotlending.com. Make sure you mention our show. And uh, if you go through with a uh, refinance or home loan, it's $500 lender credit and uh, or 0.125 off your interest rate, your choice. And uh, that's uh, they provide the way to, for us to come to you weekly, which is always fun, even when it's not. And it's never not been fun. I just... Yeah, we, we like to have fun here. Yeah, we, we like to have fun here. Um, <laughs> Will Brenton, thank you very much for uh, for thinking of Chad and, and for being guest hosts. And we're going to take off. Yeah, no problem. I do what I can. Yeah. I aim to please. Yes, you do. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're out. We'll see you guys. Yep. See ya.